Hi, I'm Dr. Avanti Kumar Singh. In over 20 years of practicing both Western medicine and Eastern healing traditions, the most important thing that I've learned is that healing is a journey we take together. So on this podcast, I'll be demystifying Ayurveda and other integrated medicine, showing how these simple ancient practices are the keys to unlocking a healthy modern life. We are all healing catalysts because healing starts within. It starts with you and it starts right now. This is a Soul Fire production. Episode number 59. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Healing Catalyst podcast. So today we're going to continue talking about mindset as medicine through the lens of a growth mindset. Now, I know many of you are probably thinking, I already have a growth mindset. I mean, I'm listening to this podcast, right? And I also want to challenge you to listen to this episode with a beginner's mind, because the wisdom and insight that my guest Kevin Adler shares is powerful and dare I say, could be life altering for you. As a nationally recognized thought leader in marketing and consumer engagement, and as an executive coach, Kevin partners with brands, many in the Fortune 1000, to create smarter consumer engagement strategies. He also supports executives to elevate their leadership skills and collaborates with organizations to create empowered, inspired, and mission-aligned cultures. With a diverse career that spans broadcasting, public relations, and sports and event marketing, Kevin eventually joined the executive management team for Relay Worldwide, a global sports and event marketing arm of the Publicist Group. He then went on to found his own agency in 2006, Engage Marketing, which went on to win industry awards, including being named a top 100 agency by Event Marketer Magazine. He then launched the Altitude Group to bring together the best of his consulting capabilities and his coaching expertise to every brand, organization, and individual that he serves. With a lifelong commitment to leadership, learning, and growth, Kevin brings experience-based insights, including his personal experience as a martial arts instructor and a high-altitude mountaineer, which you'll hear about in this episode. In our conversation, Kevin and I talk about what a growth mindset is and why presence is so important for growth. We also discuss the difference between growth that is based on a striving mentality versus growth that is based on a thriving mentality, how values can serve as a compass for growth and why discomfort, yes, discomfort is necessary for growth. Kevin also explains how all of these concepts are connected and how they ultimately impact our health. You know, Kevin's a really good friend of mine. And every time that I'm with him, I learn so much about myself and about mindset from him because he really pushes me to consider things differently. And I think that he'll do the same for you today. My hope is that this episode serves as a guide on your journey to nurturing a mindset that will ultimately improve every aspect of your life and impact your health positively. I'm so thrilled to share with you this conversation with my friend, Kevin Adler, about a growth mindset as medicine. Hello, Kevin. I am so excited to have you here on my podcast. Thank you for doing this. Good morning. It's great to be with you. I know. It's always great to be with you. I love being with you. I have to tell the listeners that you came to mind to talk about mindset because, you know, we are friends and pretty much every time that we meet, this topic comes up about mindset and growth and values, all of which we're going to get into today. And I think 
you have such a great perspective on this that I so want to share this with my listening community on the podcast. So again, thank you for taking time out of your busy day to do this with me. Super excited. It is my great privilege. Anytime I can talk about mindset and growth, that's a good day for me. So Amazing. Amazing. Well, you're going to get to do that now. So let's just start with this. You know, you are literally a nationally recognized thought leader in marketing and, you know, consumer engagement. You're also a high altitude mountaineer. Every time I'm with you, you're talking about the next trip you're training for. It's so interesting. And then you're also an executive coach. One thing I've learned from you is that for you to be able to do all of these different things, you have to be focused on growth, right? And that's what sort of drives you. So tell me about that mindset and where it comes from for you personally. Yeah, you know, I'll I'll kick us off with a quote that I heard from someone else that sticks with me on a daily basis and really shapes how I approach life. I had the incredible privilege of being on a speaking panel with uh, a retired Navy SEAL named Clint Bruce, an extraordinary human being and one of the best speakers I've ever heard. And Clint Bruce, one of the things that he said that really stuck with me is that his goal every Tuesday is to be better than Monday's Clint Bruce, right? And it was this penultimate summary of, for me, the idea of a growth mindset, the idea of Um, what is referred to in Japanese culture as Kaizen, right? The idea Mm -hmm. of constant forward motion. I try and balance that with being present, obviously, in every moment that I'm in, because the idea of constantly being focused on next has the run the risk of robbing you of now. Every day, um, I look at life as a sport and as a performance sport. And so I try every day and analyze what am I doing well? Um, How can I do better? How can I be better? How can I grow? What do I want more of? And uh, that's growth mindset in in a very broad stroke summary. And it very much shapes how I live my life. I will look back on this conversation. Um, with an analytical uh, perspective and think about uh, what I could have said more articulately, how I could have done more, how I could have given more and served more, right? Um, and, you know, I think that, you know, for me, um, I have what has been referred to as a servant's heart. And as someone who wants to serve others, I constantly want to make sure that I bring the best of myself and the most of myself, because the more of me there is, um, the more there is to give. And that is uh, part of what is the foundation of my growth mindset. Well, what you just said, I want to click into that for a second. So you said the more of me that is present, the more of me that there is to give. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about that a little bit more, because I do think that staying present in this very, very noisy, busy world is really a challenge. It's a challenge for me. And I talk about it. You know, I, I talk about this with every client and student that I, you know, see and it's, it's in all of the, the education I put out there, right. Is about being present and it's not easy to do. So how do you do that? <laughs> it's a big question. Yeah. So I'm going to answer it a little more philosophically than tactically for a moment. Sure. And, and I think that, you know, cause there's a lot of big ideas that are interconnected here. And, and one of the ideas that's at the root of what drives this for me is my why, right? I want to be of service um, to the people that I love. And I 
love everybody, right? And so um, that drives me to um, optimize how I show up um, to, to make sure that my well is full so that it can provide water for others. And I think that, um, you know, especially with, and, and I coach a lot of very powerful, awesome women who have been societally programmed around this idea of selflessness, mm -hmm. right? And we break down and deconstruct the word selfless. And if you take it and you break it into its two parts, we're on a slight tangent here, but it matters. If you take the word selfless and you break it into two parts, you've got self and less, right? That's the great irony of ah. how this is societally programmed, right? Because if I'm less of myself, then I, by definition, have less to give, right? And so if one of my underlying whys is to be of service to everybody who I can potentially be of service to, then by definition, I have to be the most complete version of myself. I have to be the best possible version of myself in order to give the most of myself to the people that I want to give the most of myself to. And that comes for me through growth. I, if I'm stagnant, then I have a limited commodity of what I have to give. So I'm constantly refilling my well through learning, through experiences, through seeking and running straight at discomfort, because that's where all that growth comes from. And the more I grow, the more I am. And the more I am, the more I can give. Yes, to all of that. I love that breakdown of the word selfless. And of course, you know, it's so interesting. I've had this conversation on a few different episodes where we've broken down words and it's like, oh shit, that's what that means. And like, we don't even think about it in our everyday language and we ascribe a meaning to it, selfless as a good thing. But then when you break it down like that, it's like, wait a second, why am I using that word in this context? Like, it doesn't make any sense. So I'm always having aha moments about that. One of our great societal myths that selflessness is a virtue because selfless right. means less self, right? Yeah, and, yeah. And by the way, to connect this to your golden thread, which is health and wellness, if I'm not taking care of me, if I'm not honoring me, right, then I'm not going to show up as the healthiest version of myself. You know, we we right. talk, I was just coaching someone this morning who um, who have the revelation that uh, in their life, they have operated from a, I would rather be liked than respected perspective, right? Mm. And so in their effort to serve others and to please others, they have become the giving tree. And all apologies to Shel Silverstein, but that story doesn't end so well for the tree, right? right? And so right. If, the, if the elevated uh, goal here is health and wellness, mm -hmm. right? At the end of that story, that tree is not in such a great state of health and wellness, right? And so uh, whatever metaphor you want to use, the giving tree, the empty well that gives no water, we talk a lot about uh, um, as a metaphor, uh, the safety briefing that they give at the beginning of a flight. Um, what do they say at the beginning of a flight? Put your oxygen mask on before you help others. Put your mask on first before you help others, because if you run out of oxygen, you're of no service to anybody, right? And so, you know, it's not a even a little bit of a leap to look at this from a health and wellness standpoint if i am ground down to a stump i am no longer of service to anybody mm -hmm. i can't support the people i love if i have nothing left to give if i run myself into the ground and so this myth of selflessness creates an unhealthy a society full of exhausted unhealthy spent humans who can no longer love and support each other right such a good point and so 
what you're saying is that fill yourself first because that allows you to be a greater service. And it also is, it's connected to your health and wellness because when you are better, feeling better, living better, healthier in your mind, body, spirit, you have more to give. You have more ability to be of service in whatever way you want to in the world. Now, here's what's interesting about that is that in the wellness world, and it's big business in this country, growth is often equated with taking another course, finding another resource, trying a new way of eating or this or that. And I feel like there's a difference here in what you're talking about growth versus a growth mindset. I've been thinking about it. I'm not really sure how to really explain it, but I thought maybe you'd be a good person to think about that. Yeah, it's an interesting point. And I, I do think there's some connectivity. It depends on the lens through which you see it, or dare I say the mindset from which you approach it, right? Because mm -hmm. another very powerful concept that I think connects to all of this, um, which comes from Tim Ferriss, is this idea that life is an experiment. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. And if you buy into the idea that life is an experiment, it allows you to, well, by definition, experiment with different modalities of wellness, different types of growth experiences, right? And, and I think if you're learning, you're growing. If you're experimenting, you are learning. And if you are learning, you are growing. So I'm okay with people trying different um, approaches to nutrition and different approaches to uh, any modality of their wellness. I, I think that the essence of it is, are you rooted in a growth mindset or are you rooted in anxiousness and therefore I have to try everything all at once because nothing's good enough and I'll never be good enough. Right. And that's where the mindset thing comes in, by the way. And it's, it's where it takes back to this idea of, of presence, right? The, the danger in a growth mindset, um, is I'm never enough. I'm never good enough. Right. And, and I, I, I hear, um, my beautiful girlfriend smiling uh, as she hears me say this and listening to this podcast because it's <laughs> it's it's called the Striver's Curse, right? It comes from yes. Rich Roll and, and Arthur Brooks, and um, and it is a very real danger, and it is something that I struggle with on a daily basis. In you know, um, we joke about it. Uh, my girlfriend Tracy and I, um, you know, Lionel, we watch American Idol, and Lionel Richie likes to lean into the contestants and say, "You were born enough." Right. And I'll yell at the TV and say, what the hell does that mean? Right. And and I kind of mean that. And I kind of am joking because I kind of get it. And, and I think what he's saying, I think my interpretation of it is, um, you know, I have a mantra in my life. Know your roots, count your blessings, strive for more. And any one of those parts of that three legged stool, um, independent of the others, is incomplete. Right. Because you have to know where you come from. You have to be grateful for what you have and who you are and what you are. And it's also okay if you check those boxes just to want more. Right. So this is what I'm hearing from you is that the growth versus growth mindset. Okay. Lots of semantics. It depends on the lens. But what I'm hearing from you is this idea that when growth is rooted in this idea that I am not enough and I have to fix something about me or my situation or my health or whatever it is versus I am okay. And my growth is about having new experiences, learning more, doing different things. That is very different. You just hit it on the, the head for me 
and really nailed it is that I think that's what I was trying to think about is that in the wellness industry, growth is so much about fixing yourself. And that's the way it's presented and sold to people, right? And and it causes me, you know, it's, I literally am feeling, as you say, that emotional pain, because it's, it is, it is a um, marketing technique that lacks human integrity. And we are not broken. We do not need fixing, right? We have, we have, there's a massive difference in my mind. And again, it's like, all of this is mindset, right? There's a massive difference between, desire to optimize and grow and I'm broken and I need fixing. Yes. Right. You are beautiful just as you are. And if you want to get more fit and in better shape or, you know, your wrinkles filled in or whatever, it's coming from a healthy place. God bless. Right. Yes. If it's coming from a place of self-loathing or not enoughness, that's a different mindset. And, and, you know, and again, I don't claim to have this all nailed. I, 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 some days I do a better job than others of connecting to, um, I'm enough and I want more and some days not, not so much. So yeah. Cause you're human. Right. And I think as much as I hate to admit it. Yes. So, so. <laughs> but the point that you're making is so important is that, you know, you are a thought leader in marketing. So like, this is, you know, how your brain thinks, you know, how things are marketed to quote, consumers. And in my case, patients and people in general who want to learn and get healthier and feel better about themselves is that when it's coming from this place of I am broken, which is exactly what the wellness industry are marketing to, it's destructive. And this is what I find so much is that people are so willing to give their power away to others of like, okay, if you can just tell me the magic ingredients and the magic recipe so that I can achieve X, Y, and Z, I'll be okay. Rather than saying, you have some knowledge. I want to learn about that because I have an interest in something inside of me is telling me that this might be something that will help me grow, right? Your mindset is your power, right? So when you talk yes. about giving your power away, your mindset is your power and your and mm. your come from dictates the health of your approach to life, right? If Clint Bruce on Tuesday woke up and said, you'll pardon my French, but if Clint Bruce woke up on Tuesday and said, I was a real piece of shit yesterday, I'm going to try and do better together. That's not a healthy come from at all. Yes. Right. If Clint Bruce wakes up and says, I kicked ass yesterday. How can I kick more ass? And what can I learn from how I kicked Mm -hmm. ass yesterday? What can I learn from where I could have kicked more ass yesterday? That's a growth mindset. Absolutely. Can't be in growth mindset and beat yourself up at the same time. They're they're almost diametrically opposed because you have to love yourself enough to believe that you deserve more. Yes. And that you can grow, right? I almost feel like, you know, this idea that, okay, I'm going to grow, but I got to find how I'm going to get like fix myself is actually not growth. That's a different mentality, but we put the label of growth on it to, you know, dress it up. But what you're talking about is this idea of like, I am amazing. I did a great job. And how can I do even better for myself? Right. right? And I'm sort of like, you're competing against yourself. Nobody else. There's no comparison. And let me just tell you, my (laughs) friend, that is you hit it on the head. That's how I look at life. Um, I don't compete against anybody. I compete against yesterday's Kevin Adler because that's the only one I have to beat. Yeah. Well, and I know that about you because of your high altitude mountaineering. And every time you come back from 
a climb, we're talking about that climb, but then we're also talking about the next climb and sort of, you know, how you're growing. I will tell you that is so inspiring about those conversations. And, you know, it's when me and you and Conwar and Tracy are together is that you're talking about how you want to do better for yourself. It's never been a, oh my gosh, I didn't make it to the top. I didn't summit. I didn't do this. Not from a perspective of like, I failed, but like, I'm going to go back again to another place or to the same place. And I'm going to have a different mindset. Like you're, you're looking at how you can grow so that you can achieve whatever it is that you want to achieve. And I find that super inspiring. Thank you for that. And, and, you know, we haven't had the chance to unpack because I literally just got back um, this most recent climb, but for um, the third, fourth, maybe time in my mountaineering career, um, I didn't get to the summit of a mountain. I got turned around 800 feet before the summit on the Grand Teton, um, you know, a handful of days ago. And listen, I'm a human being and I, I'm a goal oriented and achievement oriented human being. So that kills me. Right. And, and I don't feel great about the fact that I didn't get to the summit, but I am um, processing and unpacking those emotions simultaneous to focusing on the lessons that are available to me in service of my growth. And my growth is in service of me serving as inspiration to other people, right? When I post pictures and stories from my climbs, it's not look at me, it's look at what you're capable of. Yes. Right. Because yeah. I'm just a suburban dad. You know, if I can do this stuff, anybody can do this stuff in whatever their version of it is. Right. And Mm -hmm. that's what growth is, is finding your mountain, seeking your discomfort for the sake of your growth. Yes. Now, we could end the whole episode right there because that was like tons of wisdom, but I'm not going to, of course. (laughs) So let me ask you this. All right. So let's switch gears a little bit, which is you also talk a lot about values and how values can be a compass for growth, for this growth mindset. Let's talk about that. What do you mean by that? Let's unpack it a little. Yeah, well, it's all connected, uh, unsurprisingly. And um, I literally, right before we got on this call together, was coaching somebody I had actually coached a couple of years ago who had lost her way a little bit and needed to return to self, as we say. And the starting point for that, the foundation for all of us is our values. It is the foundation we build our house on, right? And your values drive every choice, every decision you make in your life, either subconsciously, semi-consciously, or very, very consciously and intentionally. And part of my work with people in coaching, whether they're um, on the life coaching side of my work or on the executive coaching side of my work, where I work uh, with people in the C-suite at Fortune 500 companies, is it's the same starting point. It's what are your human values? Because they shape how you make your way through the world. And the connectivity between the first part of the conversation and this part of the conversation is if the idea for how we can serve at our best is to be best and most grounded in ourselves, in who we are, then Mm -hmm. that starts with very conscious, very intentional connectivity to our values so that the choices we make, so that how we design our lives, so how we pursue that growth is very much in alignment with those values. And everything I try and learn and everything I try and do better um, and everything that I uh, take from my life and and, uh, share back out into the world is built on the foundation of my values. Okay. 
And so here's a big question for many people. And because I've asked people this question, what are your values? And literally there will be crickets. Yeah. Yeah. So what's that about? How is it that so many of us walk through the world at our age? You know, I'm 51. I know you're around the same age. I'm not going to call you out. But, you know, how is it that so many of us will get to adulthood, 20s, 30s, 40s, beyond, and not have a clear sense of what our values are, like be able to say the words? We can sit there and say, well, it's like this and that, and, you know, use all these flowery language and these concepts, but many of us can't put it into words. What is that about? Sure. Yeah. Um, I think that this work of growth um, takes a level of consciousness and a level of commitment and a level of self-awareness and a level of vulnerability and a level of introspection that all has to come from a very powerful why and all has to come from a place of fundamental intentionality. And I think that most of us are trying to get through the day, mm -hmm. right? And I talk a lot with my clients about the difference and the evolution from survive to thrive, mm -hmm. right? And survive is checking the box on, I got the dry cleaning, I got the kids fed, the house didn't burn down today, the dog <laughs> didn't run away, right? The yeah. boat didn't sink, the kitchen didn't flood. Whatever case is, <laughs> right? That that and that smile, is a a little joke about my house flooding. Thank you. Little inside joke. <laughs> and thrive is um, pausing, right? Mm -hmm. And thrive is pausing to get intentional, mm -hmm. right? And we talk about you know in in you know sort of the talent development and HR uh, world. You know, um, what's happened over the past couple of years is called the great resignation. Yes. And I think that's a behavioral outcome. I think what's happened over the past couple of years is the great pause. Ooh. Okay. Mic drop again. <laughs> the great resignation is the great pause. Yep. The great resignation is the behavioral outcome from the great pause. I think what happened is um, as a result, literally of the lockdown and the time that it afforded people as a result of that much. Um, uh, uh, in our faceness of our own mortality as a yes. result of everything that has happened, um, rolling all the way up to the tragic circumstances in the, in the neighboring town to mine uh, a little bit more than a week ago, um, people are um, reaching an elevated state of consciousness by choice and by force of circumstance, quite frankly. And I think that that elevated consciousness of the fact that we're not guaranteed any amount of time here, that the world can shut down, that, that a pandemic can hit. All of these crazy things have led a lot of us to uh, that pause, that quiet stillness for a moment where we get to assess, am I living the life I want to lead? Am I living a life that is authentic to who I know intuitively I am? Because when I talk about um, values connectivity. I said this a minute ago, but I, I mean, people, the people's relationship with their values, everyone has it, right? Everyone operates from their values, either subconsciously, which means kind of unintentionally, right? Or semi-consciously, which means they kind of sort of know that they're doing it on purpose or very, very consciously and intentionally, right? Mm -hmm. And the very, very consciously and intentionally only happens as a result of creating enough stillness, enough of a pause to look within. Mm -hmm. And so the question is a more tactical one in terms of how do I actually connect to my values and articulate them clearly 
Google values exploration exercises or hire me, right? Um, or one of a yeah. million guys like me, right? right. Um, and you know, it's it's not super it's super powerful, but it's not super complicated to um, create conscious connectivity to your values. The magic becomes what you do with that knowledge, with that awareness, right? Right. So, would you say, based on what you just said about the great resignation? being a behavioral response to the great pause that we had during the initial days of COVID lockdown or actually the initial years of it, right? Mm -hmm. Would you say that you have experienced more people who are more conscious about their values? Absolutely. Yes. Uh, and, and more desirous of that consciousness, right? Um, again, I think uh, I can't say it any better than the great resignation is a behavioral outcome of the great pause. And the great pause was the intersection of choice and force of circumstances. There were people who en masse were uh, laid off, were right. uh, on the receiving end of, 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 you know, staff reductions, right? And mm -hmm. had that time, whether they wanted it or not, right? And then there were people who uh, looked at what was happening in the world around them and said, hang on a minute. Wow. Is this what I was meant for? Is this all there is? Right. And so, yes, I have seen a lot of people come to me um, with a starting point of maybe semi-conscious awareness and a desire for very conscious awareness so that they could consciously redesign their lives to best serve them. And the cool privilege of this work that I get to do in coaching is the ripple effect of that. Because if you show up as the best version of yourself, even if your motivation is initially self-ish, right? Mm -hmm. uh, there is a implied selflessness opportunity there, just the ripple effect, right? If you show up as the best version of yourself in your marriage, with your kids, in your community, at work, you are by definition having a positive ripple effect on the world around you. And boy, now more than ever. Yeah, no, it's absolutely true. And so then the question becomes, so let's get a little tactical. How do you nurture this growth mindset coming from this place of growth, learning new experiences and not a place of brokenness? I have to fix myself. How do you nurture that? on a daily basis, like some baby steps, some tactical things that we can do every day to start moving in this direction, because it's not going to happen overnight for many of us. Sure. But how can we make those baby steps? You know, growth comes from discomfort. It's the only place that growth happens, right? So I start every coaching relationship by saying, I promise your safety. I make no promises about your comfort because if I keep you comfortable, you're not growing. That's good. Right? I'm going to steal that. And yeah, absolutely. And I think that a lot of us, especially in this little bubble of Chicago suburbs that I grew up in and the that parented my generation and most certainly the parenting generation that's parenting kids now, um, comfort uh, seems to be the primary driver, right? And it's very much not for me as a parent. I have, um, I, I'm in my home office and I can see my daughter's uh, messy bedroom from here. Hanging on the wall of her messy bedroom is a mission statement that I wrote uh, when she was born for the kind of human being that I want to deliver to the world. And I read it to her at her baby naming and it hangs in a frame in her room and it's my mission statement. And, you know, I um, have 
in my own life and certainly in, as a parent, um, sought out, aggressively sought out discomfort, right? For myself and for my kid, as early as I can remember, I would put her in situations where she had to um, grow through discomfort. And I think that, you know, um, I, I know other like-minded folks, but I also think it's a little bit of an anomaly because I think that we are hardwired for comfort. And so I think, how do you nurture a growth mindset? You have to fight your hardwiring a little bit and you have to chase discomfort. And I can give you a million micro tactical examples and they're going to be different for everybody. But the simple barometer is if it feels uncomfortable, not unsafe, yes, but uncomfortable, then you're probably... Uh, unlocking right on the precipice of unlocking some growth. I've started um, doing uh, cold plunges uh, once or twice a week. And um, in fact, I've got one this afternoon and it's um, uh, a tub uh, full of 41 degree water. And it is an incredible shock to the mm -hmm. system. Right. And um, man, do I love it. Not because it feels good, but because the discomfort allows for so much growth. And the first time that I got in there, I think I lasted maybe three minutes. And um, I was going to war with myself to get through those three minutes. And there are a few feelings that I love more than going to war with myself in the context of overcoming discomfort because my Lord, the growth. Oh my gosh, the growth. Right. Yeah. And so now my goal is five minutes. Okay. So you have just put a new spin on the cold plunge. I will tell you, I know all the health benefits. I cannot get myself there. I'm like, yes. hells no. I know, yes. but you just helped me think about it. Right. Because it's a reframe of the mindset, yes. which leads you to a why, which compels the behavior. And that's what we're talking about, right? right. Is if you start with a why, because I, when I train for these climbs, Avanti, I will put on a 37 pound weight vest and go on the stairmaster for a couple of hours. And most people look at me and say, are you out of your mind? And it's, it's miserable. It's, I, I leave, <laughs> I leave probably with, you know, seven pounds of, of water weight lost in sweat and, and my legs on fire. And it's like, you know, it's not comfortable. Um, but mm -hmm. it, I, it's driven by a very powerful why for me and the growth that happens every time I put myself in discomfort. I just got back from this climb and it was a different type of climbing for me. It was alpine rock climbing, mm -hmm. okay, which is the scariest thing by a factor of a zillion that I've ever done. I show you guys some pictures uh, when I see you later this week. Mm -hmm. It's the scariest thing I've ever done. And the growth. Oh, my gosh, the growth. I didn't get to the summit and that bums me out, but I am so proud of overcoming that discomfort because the growth, right? And so that's what, that's where the mindset comes from. And you, you, you know, how do you nurture growth, mm -hmm. nurture growth by connecting to a powerful why that compels uncomfortable behavior for the results that uncomfortable behavior yields. That's yeah. my life. No, that's beautiful the way you just said that. And what's so interesting about what you said is you're using some of these physical discomforts as growth opportunities. And I think that's a really smart way of looking at it because so many of us can get stuck in our heads and think about, okay, I'm going to learn more. I'm going to do all this stuff. And it's all up here in our minds, right? But what you're describing is actually using a physical challenge of some kind for yourself, appropriate to you, right? defining that how you want to, but 
making the discomfort of that physical challenge, but then also being focused on what is the growth in overcoming that discomfort. So it's almost like you're, you're connecting the physical, the body part of it to the mind spirit. It's creating a connection. That's what I'm hearing, which I think is great. Absolutely. It's, 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 you know, the, the, the metaphor of mountains for growth has become a little, uh, it matters to me, but it's become a little cliche out in the world. And, and, you know, I, I, this idea of choose your mountain, right? So if you have stage, right, get on a stage, right. You know, if you're afraid of flying, get on a plane, right? If you're afraid of heights, go somewhere high up, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, the growth only comes through discomfort and whatever that looks like for you, if you have body image issues, go sit at a public pool in a bathing suit. You're mm-hmm. going to be uncomfortable as hell. And mm-hmm. at the end of that day, you're going to realize that you didn't burst into flames. You survived it. Right. And right. that's where the growth is. And, and growth is power. Yeah. And so it's like this idea of sitting quite literally in dis- the discomfort. And it's also, you know, what's, what's coming up for me is this thought that, you know, we store so many of our emotions in our physical body. We think about them in our brains, Right but we store them in our bodies. And so it's almost a way of tapping into sort of this understanding of the emotion that you're feeling, how it's showing up in your body as discomfort, let's say physical discomfort from some challenge that you've given yourself and then overcoming that and seeing what the growth is. I cry hysterically on the summit of every mountain that I'm lucky enough to stand on because of what I overcame to get there, because of the discomfort that I overcame to get there. That's why I cry hysterically on the top of every mountain. Mm-hmm. And so you're literally feeling the emotions that have been stored in your body, right? As you're making that climb, the growth that's happening for you in your mind, but the physical of it and releasing it, right? In some way, whether or not you make the summit at the end of your climb, you're releasing those emotions because so many of us will just keep those emotions trapped, whether they're quote positive or negative. And then it leads to all these kinds of health issues. <laughs> so listen, to, to stay in the, the metaphor for a moment, it would be easier for me not to climb mountains because then there would be no risk of failure. There would be no risk right. of not getting to the summit. Right. And so, um, you know, it's it's all and, and there's this actual saying in mountaineering that all the growth happens on the way up. Right. The summit is just a destination, yeah. just a turnaround, point, actually, because it's only half the climb. You got to get down. Right. So uh, all the growth happens on the way up is, is the way the saying goes. And it's because of the, you know, I mean, th- these are not comfortable experiences, you know, and whether it's literally on this last one, um, sleeping in a tent perched on the side of a mountain with 40 plus mile an hour winds shaking the tent, like comfortable about that. Uh, but what's interesting about that is, and I was telling Tracy this the other night, I've been there before. I've been in that very specific, this is a huge point. I've been in that very specific discomfort before. So while the other folks at my camp on the Tetons were a little freaked out by the 40 plus mile an hour winds and what if our tent collapses and blah, 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 blah. I had been in that discomfort before. So my mindset was, I know what this is like. I know I can come up the other side of this. This doesn't really bother me. That's a hell of a metaphor for discomfort, for seeking discomfort for the growth that it provides because whether you choose a mountain or whether it gets thrown in front of you, there will be mountains in your life. And if you've been on a mountain before, if you've been uncomfortable before, when that discomfort is forced upon you, let's say, oh, I've been uncomfortable before. I know what this feels like. I know how to overcome this. I know how to tolerate this and ride it out, mm-hmm. rise above it. Right. Yeah. And that's where that's the superpower. 
right? And that that's available to everybody, anybody, right? I came back from a climb. I used to be very active in the yoga community out here in the suburbs and uh, practiced with the same group of people six plus days a week. I came back from a big climb and, and I was rolling my mat out and a woman that I see, you know, every day looked at me and she shook her head. She said, I could never do what you do. And I said, you absolutely could. You just haven't been tested the way I've been tested. Hmm. It's available to all of us. Growth is available to all of us. Discomfort is available to all of us. We don't all choose it. Yeah. No. And I, and I know I've said that to you every time you talk about you know, mountaineering, I'm like, hell no, I couldn't do that. And you, you say the same thing to me. Like, of course you could have, Auntie. I'm like, oh, okay. But, but mountaineering, mountaineering in, in this context is just a modality. Yes, right? I agree. And I think that's your point. And that is my point. And it's like, you know, when I say choose your mountain, um, I mean it very metaphorically, right? So if, if um, you know, being in a group of people is uncomfortable to you, go be in a group of people. If, like I said, if being yeah. on stage is uncomfortable, go get on a stage, right? Chase that discomfort for the growth mm-hmm. that it provides, because what it ultimately leads to is a more whole and powerful version of who you are, right. which allows you to be in a position to give more of yourself. The greatest reward in my life is when I see the impact that I have on others. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And so, you know, it's this idea that your growth mindset actually has such a huge ripple effect on other people. That is to me, probably the most compelling reason to to adopt this mindset, to put yourself in that discomfort, because your personal discomfort will lead to a ripple effect in the world, the collective, right? And, And so it's this connection between self and collective or others. Yeah. And and let me really sort of drive this home in a very poignant way from a connectivity between mindset and behavior and impact on the world mm-hmm. perspective. We, uh, as you know, and as everyone who hears this knows, we had a mass shooting in the neighboring town to mine where I spend a tremendous amount of time. And I was, of course, heart broken by that and and heartbroken about it really from a 360 de- 60 degree perspective including from the perspective of thinking about the kid who ended up on that roof with that gun and what happened in his life that led him there and it really broke my heart to think about that because we as a society failed that kid uh, I would tell you I think his family failed that kid the system failed that kid and the mindset that I took away from reflecting on that was I want to be the change. I want to be part of the, the, the change. And I was walking my dog while I was thinking about all this. I stumbled across a kid in our neighborhood uh, who's probably not too far off in age from that kid that ended up on that roof with that gun. And I know that this kid has a troubled history. I know that this kid has had interactions with the police as a result of threats of violence toward others. And I have averted my gaze from this kid. I've probably walked past this kid a hundred times and I've never looked at him and I've never stopped and seen him as a human being and engaged with him as a human being and treated him as a human being. And, and I changed my mindset on that walk with my dog. And I stopped and intentionally went up and looked this kid in the eyes and with love introduced myself and tried to make him feel seen as a human being, you know, to connect this to the conversation that was not comfortable for me, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, there was nothing comfortable about it, but I was driven by a really important why and the, the, and, and the impact that I want to have on the world and the change that I want to be a part of 
And so the discomfort was so secondary and inconsequential to me because I built a life around running at discomfort with purpose, right? And uh, may sound like a tangent, but it's very much not because I equipped myself to make a positive impact on that kid. I have no idea whether that meant anything to that kid or not, but it was born out of a mindset that um, uh, that was facilitated by and facilitates embracing discomfort for a purpose, right? And, and there's a very direct connection to health and wellness there because I want that kid to be well. I want to be well. I want that kid to feel loved. I want to spread love so that we have less people on rooftops. Yeah. And so you were so present with yourself and your thoughts and present in that moment that you then were able, and like, let's go back to the very beginning of this conversation, right? And this idea of this presence within yourself, being present in the present moment in whatever moment you're in, and then how that can have an effect on others, right? I mean, it's a beautiful example. Yeah. Not so accidentally, all these ideas connect to each other, right? Of course. Because the only thing that allowed that for me was a life built on embracing discomfort, right? Mm-hmm. Because the, ooh, this is uncomfortable, therefore I'm not going to do it. Um, if that was what I was connected to, that never would have happened, yeah. right? Um, yeah. And so it's about, it's about having a very clear and compelling why. It's about chasing discomfort for the growth that it allows for you as a human being which allows you to be the most human version of yourself, which allows you to share the most human version of yourself, which allows you to have the impact on the world that you want to have. Yeah. So this feels like a really good place for us to sort of wrap up our time. I mean, we could keep talking, of course, but if I offer up the phrase to you to catalyze healing, what comes up for you? Yeah, I mean, it's a beautiful connectivity to everything we just talked about, right? Because to catalyze healing, you need to connect to a mindset of growth for the sake of giving. Mm. Kevin, thank you so much for all of this. You've given me so much to think about. And I know you've given so much to the listeners to think about. I really appreciate all of your wisdom. And there were some major mic drops during this conversation that I'm going to have to go back to and listen. But Thank you so much for doing this with me. It's my great privilege. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to The Healing Catalyst. If you love what you heard, please hit follow and pass it along to a friend. And if you're feeling really inspired, please rate and review so that others can find this podcast more easily. To learn more, head to avantikumarsingh.com. And to connect with me directly, find me on Instagram at avantikumarsingh. I'll be back next week and hope that you will be too. Until then, remember, with the right catalyst, you have the power to activate your own healing because healing starts within.